Welcome to The Confessional Taco, a podcast exploring historic faith and practice rooted in the depths of Mexican-American culture. In our time, we want to invite you into the conversation on all things confessional, cultural, and hyphenated. My name is Marco, and I am a writer, a local pastor, and a preacher. And my name is Serge. I'm an educator, a musician, and a writer. And this is Taco Tuesday. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Confessional Taco Podcast, where today, Dr. Marco will talk to us about stories, storytelling, and the importance of stories and storytelling. So we're going to be talking about stories and storytelling. All that being said, stories, talk to me about them. What? What are we talking about? (laughs) <laughs> stories and storytelling. Stories, yeah. Yeah, so it's important to tell stories, right? Why is it important to tell stories? Why is it even more important to tell stories in our culture? Man, I'm, I feel like I'm going to sound way too churchy. Um, because the first thing that came to mind is uh, stories seem to be a form delicious. it is delicious by the uh, way we are buck. we're having an irish buck what, what is in this thing an irish buck has uh irish whiskey lime and ginger ale it is delicious very refreshing yes um so i think stories are important because whether you define it formally or informally stories are are important because it's a form of discipleship that is pretty churchy. It is. I, okay. That's, I, I, told, so, I told you. You, you, you did. Um, form of discipleship. Yeah, it's this passing on of what I've learned, what I want you oh. to know, how you can grow from this, and then even um, how that might even impact me today or impact my son today for in light of the man that he's going to become and so i think so it's especially when it comes to like the hispanic culture i think stories are certainly a form of um a form of legacy like leaving something behind uh something that um involves a great deal of pride of our cultural identity um it involves so it has cultural value and uh, it has family value uh, its impact isn't meant to just be a moment in my life. Its impact is meant to be something that I could pass down right. um, to to my kids, so that they would, I don't know, to grow to be better men uh, or to be better adults than 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 myself, or uh, to know where they came from. You know what I mean? Like there, there is. It's not just this random right. piece of knowledge, piece of history in my life. Yeah, storytelling requires. Um, requires it to be long lasting. A story. Oh. Yeah. Story, right? Or like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's supposed to be something that, uh, like you said, le- leaves um, a legacy. It's it's not just that, but it it's, teaches a lesson, you know. Um, so, tell me, what were your, some of your favorite stories growing up? Oh my gosh. Um,. I think one of my favorite stories from my father was 
um, how he how he met my mom. Ooh. That's probably one of my favorite stories that okay. my dad would share, tell me. Share with us. So in a, in a nutshell, uh, so my dad was born in Mexico, <clears throat> raised in Houston, and uh, after he graduated high school, he was one of those that like barely graduated by the skin of his teeth kind of a thing mm-hmm. and uh went to college didn't like it felt like it wasn't for him he had also just gotten dumped by some other girl and then like oh, no. three months after he drops out of college he gets drafted into vietnam <laughs> <laughs> and so luck, uh, yeah and so he is Drafted and is in serves a serves two or three years maybe two to four years in the in the army, and when he when he gets out we gets home comes stateside he's kind of like uh, what do I do with my life, and his uh, or my uncle his brother was running a couple of shops in Reynosa so right across the border, and so he was like hey I need somebody to help me manage these what do you what do you just what do you say and come in. And so my dad's like, I got nothing else to do. Why not? not? So he goes, and my mom was a cashier at one of the shops. Yeah. And so he, like, meets my mom. He's, like, head over heels for her. But my mom is from Guanajuato. And so she's, like, straight up rancho. And uh, (laughs) my dad speaks, like, bocho Spanish (laughs) because he was raised in Houston. He's forgotten all of this. And so he's like, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. Right. But like musters up enough courage to not only ask my mom out, meet her family, and eventually marry her. But he's like, if this is going to be successful, in my dad's eyes, he was like, if this is going to be successful, I need to change. I need to change what I'm doing. I can't raise a family off of managing my brother's stores. Sure. And so he goes to school. And it's that like underdog story. So he crosses the border super early in the morning. He goes to the local university for classes and he majored in Spanish. Um, You know, after class, he would go to this restaurant called the Country Omelette here in McAllen. And he was a cook and then crossed back over to Mexico to be with my mom and then my my brothers. And uh, and so he would he would do that every day. He gets his undergrad and I think he graduates like in, in the spring. By summer two, he's in graduate school going nice. for Spanish. And so uh, I, I, part of the reason I love that story, <laughs> actually, it isn't this like love story of like how my dad proposed to my mom or anything like that, which is hilarious. But it's more of this story like, man, I if I want to be an example and I've come from nothing, I'm going to show you what it's like to work. And yes. my dad's motivation was no one's going to outwork me. And if I want to teach my sons how to have a significant work ethic, I have to model that first. Right. And so I think that's one of my favorite stories uh, from, from, at least from my dad. Yeah. And so at first you were saying how stories um, are, are, or storytelling is important because it's something that you can pass on. Yeah. Is that a story that you sh- you've shared with Seth? Yeah, I have. Certainly. I've, I've shared it with him. My dad shared it with him. And so I can look back. I didn't necessarily think about this when I was in um, when I was younger, junior high, high school. But as I look back now, I tend to think, oh, that's why he is so driven by education. Like uh, graduating high school, it was get your undergrad, get your undergrad, get your undergrad. And I got my undergrad 
And since then, it's been, when are you going to go for your master's? When are you going to go for your master's? Got into graduate school. When are you going to finish? When are you yeah. going to finish? When are you gonna... And so he drives that so much because to him, which I, I would agree with, to him, he's like, education gets you uh, opportunities. It yeah. get, It's a foot in the door to something you really want to do. It gives you, it doesn't limit you to certain things. For him, he said, uh, you know, um, having a master's degree didn't really get me more money it got me a ton of opportunities though. Yeah, yeah. You know, that to where sense. he taught internationally, he's taught at the university and collegiate level. So for him, it's like, yeah, I didn't get that much money, but the amount of opportunities that I've received compared to other colleagues has been, greater. you know, yeah, much greater. That's awesome. Uh, so the lesson there is go get your degrees. And go get your, don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's really good. Um, what about stories? Okay. So like you hear stories like that, that pump you up and like you get excited and like, there's this message behind it. There's this theme, right? This main idea, like, Hey, let's move on. Let's move forward. Here's like a, some attributes of the story, hard work ethic, uh, good father, like, you know, and then a drive or a push for, for his sons. Yeah. Uh, what about stories that, um, that are more like folklore, like La Mano Pachona or La Llorona. Like yeah. What uh, do we see the same attributes in those stories? Yeah. Don't okay. don't be a bad kid, and you <laughs> won't be taken. Crying. You will be taken in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I that's when, biblical. The when, psalmist <laughs> says, "Do good." <laughs> do good. Yeah. Do good. Don't be bad. Do good. You know, obey your parents. That's true. Uh, I think God said that. I think so. And so, I, mean, I don't want the you don't coming to my bedroom door. <laughs> F that, man. No, screw that. Uh, <laughs> so I remember when I was a kid, there was uh, I would I would spend my summers in Monterrey, and I would um, sleep at my cousin's house, and every time I would like, every time we would go over or whatever, my my dad would make it a point to tell me about La Mano Pachona. And I'm like, I, I never understood the reason for him telling me these things, right? Uh, it just freaks me out every time. Like, if if you don't behave, like, there's just going to be this, like, hand, like the Adams Family hand, <laughs> just walking around like a spider, and it's going to grab you and, like, grab your legs and just going to drag you to hell, right? And, and I'm like, dude, I'm, like, super young. I'm, like, freaking out, like... So I would always cover my feet until this, till this day, what I do when I go to bed is I get my blanket and then I'm like cover my feet, but I'm like, uh, like you pull the blanket in. Yeah. I pull the blanket in. I call that the taco tuck. Yes. That's exactly what I do. The taco tuck. And so. Oh my God. (laughs) And so like that's till this day. Cause like in my head, there's this hand wandering around like the world like ready to snatch your legs yeah, and t- drag you to hell. And so, I mean, I guess like in my head, I'm like, okay, so be a good kid and cover your feet. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like <laughs> what, what, what's the point of that story? You know? Um, but yeah. that was one of those stories that really like, though it be folklore, like it really 
drove me to to behave in my aunt's house. Yeah, like you know, like, which I, which I would add, like I know we want to do a podcast just on that. Yeah, like we want to talk about all of those. Like I can't wait to talk about lechuzas. Oh, that's gonna be and, and uh, scary all at the same time. Yes, <laughs> I, got plenty, I got plenty of stories on those. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think uh, certainly there are some stories by parents who are uh, that their aim is to make you behave and be How quiet. Awful. And yeah, how awful! <laughs> I think that's the. I really hate. Well, let me better say it this way. I think that's the perfect example of someone defending a parent and saying, "Well, their intentions are good. <laughs> <laughs> like they want you to behave right yeah, yeah. by threatening me with a good. hand Here's that's going to take though. me to hell, not send me to hell, but take, take me like to hell. Like literal dragging. Like you're gonna <laughs> like you will lose your nails as yes. you're trying to like grasp the concrete yeah thanks mom yeah i really appreciated that that was super cool yeah um and so but it worked one yeah right? and two i tell my nephews this story yeah that's right? hilarious like, hey, like if you don't behave there's gonna be this hand walking around like a spider and you're gonna grab you by the legs and take you straight to hell <laughs> and so like my sister didn't doesn't appreciate that right right but, uh it works. I haven't I haven't told Seth any of those. No. No, I've told him about like some folklore ones. Like I've told him about like uh, La Llorona mm-hmm. and Lechuzas, and it's more out of like, oh yeah, this is kind of some folklore. Check it out. Um, and when he was growing up, he would wake up because he would sleepwalk and sleep talk. And so when he would, oh, yeah. when he was a kid, when he was much younger, I'd be like, hey man, if I hear you in the middle of the night walking around. I'm just going to put you to work. And so he didn't, he didn't need folklore. He just, he was like, Oh man, I got to stay in bed. He's afraid, he's afraid of the work. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think he was, he was eight or nine and he did, he got out of his room and he was like coming into our bedroom. And, uh, I just took out all the clothes that was in his dresser. I was like, hey, I need you to fold all this. <laughs> How old was he? He was like nine. That was, <laughs> That was the last time he got out of bed, unless it was oh, unless hilarious. it's to go to the bathroom. Sure. That was the last time he got out of bed because probably peed his bed. Yeah, times he just didn't tell me about it because I taught him how to do laundry. Yeah, so that's right. Good, go <laughs> do your laundry. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. That's awesome. Um, okay, so in storytelling, again, we were talking about like the what makes a story, like the purpose of the story, long lasting, these attributes that make it a story, right? And so. Um, Let's apply that to the context of church. Okay. Um, so what we see in scripture is Jesus telling stories. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we call them parables. Yeah. Right? So do those have the same attributes? I would say so, right? Like Yeah. Yeah. They they, they have a message in them. Uh, they're long lasting. Like we and like they're supposed to be passed down, you know? And yeah. So I would think so, right? Yeah. I mean, the, essentially, like, the point of the parable is to not only get you to to think critically about the condition of your heart, but it's mm-hmm. also to point you back to this need for a Savior, or sure. it points you back to the characteristics of God. Um, and uh, and so I think about, I certainly think about parables, but I also think about Deuteronomy. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Uh, chapter See, guys, chapter six. The Boom. And um, it's beginning in verse seven, you know, God says, you shall teach them. So he's talking about his word and he's talking about kids. 
you shall teach them dil- uh, or sorry about his commandments. So you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. And so it, it's not just stories, but particularly the word of God um, and gospel application, whether it would be through formal lessons, my failures, or informal conversation. I want to have these kinds of conversations. I want to tell my kids these kinds of stories that's going to point them back to Jesus, that's going to point them to the characteristics of God who loves them. Um, and uh, and there's, I think there's just, there's a great sense of, and earlier I said like stories are a form of discipleship. There's a great sense of investment that goes into it. Sure. Because that means uh, if I'm not like outside of me formally instructing or teaching my children on the word of God, as it applies to, let me tell you what God has done. That's me sitting down with them, spending time with them, you know, uh, getting to hear what they're thinking, getting to hear and answering their questions. You know what I mean? Like there tends to be a lot more at stake than me just saying, here are the 10 commandments. I think when I'm able to have a gospel application um, through story, then time sort of slows down and I get to spend this kind of time with my kids and I get to hear their thoughts and their questions and their curiosities and get to see how God's developing them. And then I also get to see just how this story is particularly affecting them. Right. You know, and it's really cool when you start to see light bulbs click and they start to pick up some of these values or they pick up some of the main ideas or some of the morals from the story they just heard and run with it on their own. Right. That's really good. Um, I'm reminded of Matthew 26. See, I'm using the Oh, wow. I know. I know. What does it say? Turn your phone off. Huh? That's what I thought. You were going to tell me to turn my phone off? (laughs) It's the Bible, dude. It's the guy. Wow, you just told me to let go of Jesus is what you did. told you to memorize God's word. Because he uh, said he was going to write it on our hearts. <laughs> I guess that was for me, not you. Oh, that's... Right. <laughs> you got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing on that one. Uh, but in Matthew 26, where um, he's being anointed, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, hearing the story, the the perfume is spilled. And then one of the disciples, we won't mention, you know, for the sake of his safety, what was. We don't want to offend him. We don't want to. Or his ancestors. <laughs> We don't want to offend him or his lineage. Um, was like super pissed because it's like, dude, we could have given this money to the poor. Like, what's your problem? You sold it and give it to the poor. And uh, and then Jesus replies with, why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. In pouring this ointment in, on my body, she has done it to prepare it for my burial. Truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. So like... Um, when I was thinking about stories and when we were going to like talk about it, like I was, I thought about her, um, and how, I mean, till this day, when we do share the story, like the gospel story, which requires telling the story of his death, right? Mm -hmm. Like we speak about her, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, and it's, and in that process, that little story, that little section of Matthew 26, like there's this message behind it too. Like. She is literally giving everything. Yeah. Um, and so it, I, that's like a, it's a really cool thing to look at. 
um, like we still share her story and there's still the message behind that story though it may be small um, and then I also think about the woman in John 4 right the woman at the well and so here's Jesus and Jesus like no that's like your 20 millionth husband and um, I, I'm over exaggerating um, and and then she like she can't help but to go share her story right Right, so she goes and shares the story with, like, the town and, like, essentially becomes, like, this freaking amazing missionary. Yeah. Uh, the town gets saved, right? Yeah. The town actually replies with, like, we don't need you to tell us anymore. Like, we see Jesus now. Yeah. You know? And, which I love, that's my absolute favorite story in scripture. Uh, I mean, the death and burial and resurrection is cool, too. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but like the importance of sharing story, yeah. right? Like she was sharing her story and it was an ugly one. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, um, it required humility. It yeah. required vulnerability. Uh, and it required, uh, being uncomfortable yeah. in sharing her story. Like, yes, I met this man. Uh, this man told me that like, I've been with like a billion dudes. Yeah. Um, and so there's this, the sense of vulnerability in that. Um, and so I think that, Oftentimes, stories uh, have a sense of vulnerability as well, right? Yeah. And so she's sharing this in humility and vulnerability, but she's doing it for the purpose of pointing back to God, pointing yeah. back to Jesus, right? Which was what you were talking about with the parables. Um, and so in that same vein, I want to ask you, uh, testimonies, stories, yeah. right? We yeah. uh, previously, um, in a different time, we had video series called like stories or something like that. I, I forget mm -hmm. uh, where we shared our stories yeah. on the video, and, yeah. and you know that would be like our, uh, I guess I don't know, like a plug or whatever. Um, how important is it to share your story, mm -hmm. and what do we need to be careful of when we're sharing our story? Yeah. Um, so will you share with us like the importance of sharing your, t your story, yeah. your testimony, and maybe some like, not guidelines, but we'll, what we should be aware of yeah. in sharing our stories. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Uh, off the top of my head, I think the importance about sharing your story is that um, much like the parables, it is a, it is a testimony to the goodness to the grace and work of God in Christ done for you. And so I say that in the sense of like, your story is meant to point others to Jesus, uh, to make him known, uh, to um, point others to his, his, his glory, his goodness, his grace, his mercy. Um, I think the biggest thing, if you want to make anything... <clears throat> personally significant it's going to be really your corruption it's going to be what <laughs> it's going to be your corruption you know what i mean like if you want if you're like man what part of this is going to be about me uh it's going to be about the sin that you contributed you know and how uh, a gracious savior rescued you and so i think that would be number one right like the importance of storytelling or is uh is storytelling our testimonies important yes absolutely much like a parable they are to point others um to the person and work of Jesus. So if you're taking notes, guideline number one, make sure it points to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, make sure it points to Jesus. Yeah. Make sure 
that um, yeah, I think make you, sure that you would say this. I think like uh, who's the hero in your story? Is yeah. that something you would say? Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, you, yeah. Right? yeah. Like who's the hero in yeah. that story? Is it is it you or is it Jesus? Yeah, which which I think then brings <clears throat> it back to the second part of your question, which would be what are things that you don't want to do. And so one of the things that I've seen that I'm certainly guilty of, uh, but especially a lot of new Christians, um, or Christians in general, but I think one of the things that is um, that can be troubling is, is actually a number of things. Number one, that that similar to what you just said, that they are the, the, the hero of their story. Right. They essentially tell you, I was bad, now I'm good. Look at me now. And so you don't necessarily hear a gospel presentation or a turn in the story that makes God big, makes God the center, makes sure. God the hero, makes God's glory what you live for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think that's number one, where where you are the hero of your story. That's, that's not good. Uh, the second thing is um, one of the things that I've seen is when um, Christians start sharing their story or their personal testimony – they begin to talk about their sin like a war story instead of something that they've come to realize grieved them and 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 uh or something that caused them grief and conviction mm-hmm. you know what i mean they'll talk about their story like it's a like it's a war story oh i used to do this and when we used to do x y and z <clears throat> so i think i think you run a really dangerous line there yeah and then similar to the the hero uh point the third thing that i see is um i think in his book tap uh by yancey errington he goes on to talk about one of the things that a lot of christians believe is that they didn't know jesus at some point they came to know jesus so jesus saved them uh this is where they heard the gospel but the gospel took root. Yeah, yes. the gospel took root in them. Yeah. And what happened afterward is, man, I didn't know Jesus. Then Jesus saved me. And now I go to church. Now I'm in a community group. Yeah. Now I go to these classes. Now I do all of these things. And essentially what they are saying, even though they may not necessarily be articulating this, essentially what they're saying is, I didn't know Jesus. I heard the gospel. Now I do church stuff. Yeah. And his argument in his book, uh, it's a really short read. His argument is, so we didn't know Jesus. We heard the gospel. And the one thing that we needed before we knew Jesus was the gospel. The one thing that we still need yes. after we've come to know Jesus is the gospel. Yes. And so um, and so I think a lot of Christians, when sharing their testimony, they'll, they'll say that. Like, man, this is who I was previous to knowing Jesus. Then Jesus rescued me. And now I go to church. And I'm in Bible study. And I go to community group. And I do all of these things, which are good. Right. There's nothing necessarily wrong with those. But it is a result of what Jesus has done for me sure. and says who I am that I do these yeah. things. It's, it, uh, it, um, it stops being crystal-centric, right? It, mm-hmm. it becomes me-centric. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that... Um, I think it's really good. What was the name of the book again? It's, oh, I think it's called, uh, it's called Tap... Tap. Defeating the Sins That Defeat You. Something like that by Yancey Arrington. Awesome. So if you want to go get a re- good read, make sure that you pick that book up. Um, yeah, I think I think those are really great guidelines. I think those are something that we should really, um, as we share our stories and our testimonies, we really should be aware of. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, keep it as simple as, like, who's the hero in your story? And mm-hmm. that, I think that's why I really enjoy when you say that. Because, like, 
it's simple, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, who, whose name are you mentioning more in your story? Is it yeah. Jesus's name or is it yours? Yeah. Right? It's like a bunch of like eyes and me's. Yeah. Because um, I so, think you run the risk if like you don't really talk about <laughs> what God has done for you in Christ. If you don't talk about that, if you don't share that, then you really run the risk of just making it your own right. personal, private experience. And it doesn't necessarily speak to those who don't know Jesus in the sense of like, I mean, that sounds really convenient for you. Great. That's yeah. a good job. But that doesn't tell me why I need I need right. Jesus, you right. know? Yeah. And I mean, and it, and it's super biblical to follow that model. Like uh, you see in John 4, like, mm-hmm. let me tell you about him, mm-hmm. you know, um, like uh, with the eunuch, like yeah. tell me about this, like the yeah. scripture that yeah. like, tell me about this, not you. Um, so I think that's really good. I think um, being vulnerable and sharing your story is key. Being humble and sharing your story is key. Um, and being slow to speak when sharing the story is key too. Mm-hmm. The reason why I say that is because, um, so I I recently shared, you know, a, a story my story with with a with a friend of mine, maybe three days ago. And in telling the story, like it, which is it, it's 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 a beautiful story of redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was being vulnerable. I was being uh, in the process of telling telling the story. I was practicing humility uh, because because of the greatness of you know of of, of God and His redemp- like redemp- redemptive love in my life. Um, but I also learned that like I had to be I I, I didn't want to rush through things mm-hmm. as I'm sharing the story mm-hmm. like I didn't want to be like okay this is what happened this is what happened this is what God did and this is this is where we're at now yeah. like no like I wanted to be very clear um, and I wanted to be very precise and, and slow and so I learned that in doing that um it was easier understood. What was easier to understand was God's, like, relentless pursuit. Right. Right? Like, it was this idea of, like, this is what was going on, but God. This is what was going on, but God. This Mm -hmm. is what was going on, but God. And because of God, this is what's going on. Yeah. Because of God, this is what's going on now. Because of God, this is what's going on now, right? And so, I I think that's super important, too, um, that as you're sharing your story, be as clear as possible, mm-hmm. and be slow when you're speaking about it. Yeah. Um, you don't want to. You don't want to rush something so great, right? Yeah. Like a, like I, I think about. Um, I was in Florida like a long time ago, and one of the things I remember going to Saturday night church service. I don't know why I was there, but I was there. And in the Saturday night church service, the only thing that I got out of it was that this person was saying, um, like, you go through the, you go through deserts that Jesus gets you out of so that you can, um, so you can share your deserts with other people, Mm. right? Show show how God got you out of those deserts. And so I think that if we are careful with our speak, um, speech. Uh, if we're slow and methodical, that 
people will understand the greatness of God more so. Like, you don't want to mm-hmm. rush it, right? Like, yeah. if, if I'm in the wilderness and, you know, I survive it, I don't want to rush that story because I want to make sure that as many people that I share it with are able to survive that wilderness too. Right. So I think that's another key point there. So um, we're coming to a close here pretty soon, but I just want to underline again that like stories and storytelling is important. Um, that in our context of American America, Mexican American, um, it's super important to teach lessons, mm-hmm. right? Leave a legacy. Um, and in that same vein, very much in, you know, the, the, the church aspect, the, our, our, our walk with Christ, like, that's extremely important to share those stories. Um, but just be really careful with who is the hero in that story. Yeah. So. Yeah. I would add, like, the, the story, the stories of, of both the church and really just the family aren't, Remember, it kind of goes back to the legacy piece, but there's there's an addition to it. It's right. it's I think the psalmist and it's in Psalm one twenty seven where it says like your kids are going to be arrows. Like you're going to send yes. them there. They are to go further, not to just be better men and women. They are to go further. They they are to expand what it is that you have taught them, what it is you have trained them up in. Yeah. So it's not just this story of don't be like me or I hope you find inspiration to keep doing things. It's so that you would go further than where I've come. Yeah. You hear that boys and girls go further. Be arrows shot to the wind. All right. Robin Hood style. All right. Pastor Marco, our benediction. Isn't that, I just gave it. Oh, is that it? Said be an arrow. Oh, I, I said that. You didn't say that. No, you, you said you repeated what I said. No, you said kids were arrows. I said, go be an arrow. Oh, go be an arrow. No? <laughs> <laughs> no? Anyone? Yeah, that okay. Yeah, so I would say, man, as you start telling your stories. Oh, now you're, now you're doing it. Now I'll do the okay. benediction. The, actual, the benediction is, as you are doing, as you are sharing benedict- stories, <laughs> the idea is so that your kids... Or whoever it is you're you're sharing them with would go further. They would they would run with that message and go further. So in particular, if it is the gospel message, mm-hmm. that they man through the Holy Spirit would embrace it and go further, like the woman at the well. Boom! That's fire, son. Deuces, y'all. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on The Confessional Taco. If you'd like to follow us on social media, check us out on Instagram at The Confessional Taco. Visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Confessional Taco, or head on over to our website, theconfessionaltaco.com, and hit us up.